There's nothing quite like talking to someone about their passion, whether it's the work they do, a side hustle or something completely outside the box. I just love hearing people share the things they live and breathe for. Welcome to My Passion Project, the podcast where we do precisely that. Often when I talk to people about this podcast, they tell me they are a passionate person but couldn't limit themselves to a single passion. I'm a little like that myself, and while we cover one passion at a time on this podcast, I thought it would be interesting to have someone come back on and share a second passion of theirs. In season one, we heard from Oliver about his passion for cars. Unsurprising to those of us who know Oliver well, it's been a listener favourite. So I thought in season two we'd invite Oliver back on to share another passion of his, this time a passion he's managed to combine with his professional life, the passion for aviation. Oliver needs a little introduction, so let's jump right in. Well, hi there, Oliver, and welcome back to my passion project. How are you today? G'day, g'day. It is an absolutely a thrill to be back with you, and I'm very, very well, thank you. And you're actually the first return guest on my podcast. Oh, I did not know that. I am honoured. That is that is a lovely thing to to find out. Although. You must be really scraping the bottom of the conversational barrel if you've asked me to come around for a second time. No, you're a fan favourite. And it's a really important reason I, I have asked you to come back on because when I often talk to people about this podcast and my passion project, one of the things many people say to me is they just don't have that one passion. They, they're passionate people, but there's not that one driving passion that they could point to. And the point I wanted to make is that many people have multiple passions and that's completely okay. And I thought you're a perfect example of it because last time we talked about your passion for cars, but I know there's another really important passion in your life. What's that other passion, Oliver? Well, that other passion would be aviation and the aviation industry. And it's a little different um, as I suppose all passions are. And if you have multiple passions, you would... um, that they'd likely all be different. You know, some people might have a passion for postage stamps, and someone might have a passage for passion for bicycles. But the way you enjoy or uh, experience those passions might be very, very different. And in my world, what we talked about last season was my passion for cars, and in that that's in sort of more in my personal life, which is my own vehicles, driving, what that means for me, and. The whole world of cars as as a sort of a hobby, whereas aviation, the aviation industry, is actually also my career and where I work. And I think it's kind of nice, and maybe it's a little different. I don't know if you've spoken to anyone about this on your podcast about marrying those two together. Your your something that you're extremely interested in, read about all the time, want to talk about on weekends, but also happens to be what you do for work. It's probably not a bad idea. I, and I think some of the happiest people in their professional life. Uh, though because they're passionate about what they do. It's that old saying that if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. But you work a lot of days. I know you're a hard worker, Oliver. Just doesn't stop. 
does not stop, right? So how uh, did the- it, it, it is it, it is intense, but it's not it's um if you enjoy it as you, as you say, like you can you can you can try and get that balance right. Even if you do have weeks that are a bit chaotic, if you are enjoying it and you you believe in the broader picture and you believe in what you're doing and you get a lot of satisfaction from seeing what you do come to fruition, yeah, you're right. It, it, it makes that hard work um, satisfying. Sorry, what was your question? I interrupted. No, no, that please. Uh, I'm always happy to hear your thoughts, but I'd, I'd be really interested in hearing how this passion for aviation came about. Well, it's it's tricky, but I think you have to go right back to being a, a a squirt of you know four or five years old. I think if I go if I think about cars, it was probably three four years old where I started being obsessed with wheels and big shiny machines and my parents' cars and getting in them. And I remember I told the story uh, last season on your podcast about me. Um, moving my father's car when I was three years old and causing my my mum to nearly have a heart attack. But uh, with aviation, I think it's a little later in life, probably, you know, five or six maybe, and being at airports, uh, fortunate enough to be that young and travelling with my parents and my family and being, you know, nose glued to the glass of the departure gate and watching these enormous machines travelling. And then, of course, um, my father being very interested in aviation as well, so I think there's an element there of passing it down to me. Yeah, what a what a beautiful hobby to share with your your father. I remember when we first met, and this was before COVID. I, I'd ask you, "What are you up to this weekend?" And some weekends you'd be jumping on a plane just for the sake of jumping on a flight, <laughs> and you, you'd you'd spend your weekend up in the air, not for a destination, but for the journey. Why do you think you love it so much? Uh, look, I think um, aviation is something that I think a lot of people take for granted, and I think a lot of people take transport infrastructure for granted, the bus network, the rail network, um, the motorway network, et cetera. But it's, aviation is such a fascinating, incredible feat of but just flight is such an incredible thing. And then the connectivity that the industry, this web of, of route, of, of of networks of of airports being connected by these air bridges is fascinating i think uh and then what it does for people i think is incredible which is connects the globe and i think we saw that best you mentioned covid uh during covid when it, the whole industry virtually shut down and ground uh, ground to a halt and all of a sudden we realized oh we, that was that was an incredible privilege and an amazing enabler of fantastic life experiences and it doesn't exist at the moment and how empty do we feel without it in our lives so the fact that my work um, and for those listeners um, that might not be familiar if if you work in with the airlines it's fairly commonplace to be able to uh, avail yourself of discounted travel on, on your own airline and on other airlines and so you can the, the the hurdle rate for you getting on a plane and going away becomes uh, a lot lower, and you can jump on and you know go up for a weekend in Singapore or, or somewhere, and or, or if you know if a friend's a friend's got a party happening in uh, New Zealand, well, okay, well, yeah, I'll I'll come to it because I can, and it can facilitate a lot of that for your personal life. So it's a lot of fun. And then you know what you're suggesting is that I enjoy the flying, and it's absolutely right. The airport seeing people traveling around the world, looking at some random person, where on earth are you going? What are you, you know, why are you wearing that hat? And why are you going into Johannesburg? What's going on with you? And seeing, you know, being at a departure gate and there's a flight here to 
Auckland next door, if you walk, you know, 40 metres to the left, there's a flight going to Dallas. And then another 40 metres down the road, there's a flight going to London via Singapore. And how fantastic is that? The whole world's sort of within an 80 metre you know, span, a wingspan, if you will. So I just, I love the connectivity of it. I love the, the act of flying. I love the fact that it moves people and the whole aviation system I find quite fascinating. What a beautiful way to, to look at it. For, for many people, COVID gave them a chance to focus on their passions or at least some more time to pursue them or take up some new ones. But I imagine for someone passionate about aviation, COVID was the opposite story. What was it like to, to not fly for some time? It's a very good point. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. So first of all, for not flying for a while, obviously that was frustrating uh, and annoying. On the one hand, it was kind of nice for a little bit and a bit of a novelty that the general chaos, you know, my week is usually uh, got a couple of flights in it. And so the fact that I was just in one spot was a bit more relaxing somehow. And I think a lot of people found that the hectic nature of their lives or their week changed and 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 settled down a bit so there was a there was a nice element there but that novelty quickly wore off and the fact that we weren't connected grew frustrating and then of course uh for me from a professional standpoint my the business that i worked for was heavily impacted uh and of course the people who work for that business were heavily impacted aviation i think was probably the single most or you know most um markedly impact negatively impacted industries on the planet and the workers of that industry similarly so so many people got jobs made redundant people were out of work for we thought initially months and then it turned into years and it was very frustrating and then of course from a professional perspective my work was rather negative because everything was sandbagging or was was just trying to make things not as awful as they were, uh, which is very tricky. So very strange time, very strange time indeed. Have you been making up for lost time? Are you back flying often? Absolutely. Well, as soon as the Australian borders opened, which was 1 November 2021, I said, see you later, everyone. I'm off. And I took a week off and I did a lap of the planet because I thought, bugger this, I've got to make up for some lost time. And um, I picked whatever flight I could get on, and I went to the Middle East first uh, and then North America, and so had a couple of days in Doha, a city I'd never been to, I've always been intrigued by, a couple of days in Dubai, a couple of days in New York, a couple of days in Los Angeles and came home. And I came home and went going, fantastic. The world's still there. I've verified it hasn't gone anywhere, and it feels so nice to get out and um, swimming with the fish. And you're not alone. What's this idea I've heard about revenge travel? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the travel industry has come roaring back. Uh, I think it's fair to say that during COVID and if listeners of yours are outside of Australia, uh, Australia had was in and out of lockdown, in, out, in, out, and various parts of Australia were in, out, in, out. And so there was there was hope and then it was dashed and then we were on a trip and then you had to, it was cancelled and it was very frustrating. And so there was a lot of concern by the travel industry that this stop start nature and this people would feel a bit burned and maybe wouldn't come roaring back to travel but that hasn't happened demand for people getting on airplanes has it has not only come back 
it is in certain markets exceeded where it was pre-COVID and people are going and you know some of the consumer research has done people are going bugger this I'm I'm going for it I got uh, mucked around for two years and this is our opportunity and this is this revenge travel idea where they're going you know I'm, I've got a COVID's taken a lot from me now I'm going to get one over it and they're um, and they're going for it which is very cool to see and you probably know from your friendship circles people are getting out and around the world. I couldn't believe, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago, I think I was the only person I know that I wasn't in Europe. I felt very left out. Jerry Crawford said, to most people, the sky is the limit. To those who love aviation, the sky is home. Is the sky your home, Oliver? Well, I'm not sure it's my home, but I certainly feel very happy in the aviation system, moving around, feel where, where some may feel quite isolated, or disconnected, I feel very comfortable and surrounded. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a happy, it's a very happy place. I don't know if it's a home, but it's, it's very much a happy place. I think also as well, if we're going for aviation quotes, I think someone said, if God wanted man to fly, he would have bought them the ticket. Um, but there's lots of good ones. And the other one is, of course, Richard Branson ones, which if, if you ever want to become a millionaire, um, start as a billionaire and then buy an airline. There's a couple of good ones out there. <laughs> Do you have a favourite plane? Oh, it's like saying, who's my favourite child? Not that I have any. Um, that you know of. No, I don't think I, don't think I have any. I mean, the A380, for, and, and for your listeners that might not be au fait with specific aircraft type, the big double-decker four-engine A380 is fantastic simply because you go, how on earth can this 400-ton Goliath uh, lift off, as we say in aviation, unstick from the tarmac and soar into the sky 13 hours across oceans? I mean, it's just the most phenomenal piece of technology. And, and, and the fact that every time new aircraft come out, I suppose actually to answer, every time I would say the latest aircraft are my favourite because every time manufacturers come out with new aircraft, they are always uh, lower emissions, lower fuel burn, um, quieter, more comfortable, and importantly, lower the cost of operation. They usually have a lower uh, operating cost per seat. And what that means is that airline, the, the, the fares can come down. And historically, if you look at the trend for um, air travel since the uh, since the skies were democratised years ago, the cost of travel comes down and down and down and down every year. And what that does is enable more and more and more people to take a trip that they'd never think they'd be able to afford or to, or to travel more frequently, to connect with family more frequently. That's very exciting. You know, I was, you, you, beca- you can become blasé, you know, fly every week. And uh, I was just on a plane the other day, doing my thing, hopping on board, you know, bags overhead, nothing, sat down my seat. And in the row behind me, it took me about five minutes to realize this, but it was a father and his son. And it was, there, there was a lot of excitement. I couldn't really work out why. I figured maybe it's a birthday, it's a special trip uh, up to Queensland, something good, whatever it might be. But I worked out it was the child's first ever flight. It was about 13, 14 years old, and he was beaming and you could tell that the father had talked him through what was going to happen we're going to go to the airport we're going to get on this plane we're going to do this and so every moment everything that happened the engines turning on are starting to taxi moving down the airport up until the, the the crescendo of the engines roaring on up to up to takeoff thrust he 
had talked him through and the child was experiencing that for the first time. What a magic, magic moment. And as I say, made possible by the fact that aviation is more and more accessible to more and more people around the globe every day. It, it really is an extraordinary march of human progress to, to think, you know, our grandparents' vintage, it would be common to live and to die without ever boarding a single plane domestically or, or overseas, and and that would be just such a minority in any Western country right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is it is remarkable. And that's and and that's what's amazing. You know, a lot of people have gripes about the the lower cost carriers that 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 operate low fares airlines or lower cost carriers, but it does exactly that. It enables more and more people to travel. And it's so travel is not just for the elite. You know, you you look at photos of people traveling back in the nineteen fifties uh, and sixties, and they're all dressed in suits, and they were being served roast dinners with you know pheasant, and it was all a bit ridiculous. And and a lot of people might uh, say it's a shame it doesn't happen now. But what it means is that, that it's more accessible, more people can get up in the sky, and more people can be connected. I think it's very very cool. Has your passion for aviation taught you anything, or, or taught you anything about combining work and passion? I don't know if it's if it's taught me anything, but I think it's proven that it's possible and. What I what it has done for me is when you know you're often I'm for your listeners reference uh, seven years out of university and when you I went back to my old university recently they were very kind and had me uh, do a do a um, a talk and when you chat to the students and there are a lot of people and you remember yourself you were at school or university going what am I going to do for my career like, I don't really know anything do I just become an accountant do I become a lawyer what do I uh, I'm a marketing person. What do I do? Uh, you can you realize that you don't necessarily need to know what you're going to do, but if you have an interest area, why not take whatever skill you might have uh, assumed and apply it in that area? And what I mean by that is, let's say you have done a um, a finance degree or something like that. You could go and take any finance job and end up working at a textiles manufacturer you know or a or a agricultural uh, center or something like that or if you're really interested in in the wine business and you have this love of and passion for wine then you could maybe go and work in the wine business and use that that skill and, and that that education because all of a sudden whilst you're still doing work of say an accountant it's being applied in an industry and in a subject area and what you're talking about every single day is much more of interest to you which means you'll be more naturally uh interested you'll probably quick pick things up quicker uh you'll probably be more engaged on the broader issues of the business and the industry and therefore might have a more enjoyable and perhaps more successful career because it's not just doing something you don't care about because you do care about it so I think I think I think I've learned that that it's 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 quite powerful maybe for a for a happy career and a and to be engaged in the workplace. Did you ever want to be a pilot yourself to fly the planes you love so much? Oh, I'm a very good passenger. I don't think I, you need me up the front. Yeah, yeah, I I had always thought about that, but I I never got serious about it like some do. And then the commercial side of the industry when i started crystallizing my thoughts about what i might want to do for work the commercial side probably took over for me and whereas the being a pilot is a more operational 
incredibly important safety critical role uh, that's a totally different set of skills. So I went down the commercial path, but I've, but I've, you know, the idea of being able to fly an airplane, you know, I, I must say I did it the other day. I went to a training facility and they said, when I, I was approaching, I texted them saying, are there any planes flying around today? I just had to go for a meeting. And they said, yeah, there's some planes. And they said, do you want to go up in one? I said, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, so I'll, they take me down to the, down the tarmac and strap me in and, you know, get me, do a pre-flight briefing, strap me in into the, into the sort of the second seat of this tiny little airplane with one engine thing. And we taxi out and we, we lift off and it's very windy and it's all a bit wobbly and I'm going, oh, God, you know, I'm a pretty good flyer. But all of a sudden I'm going, oh, this is a bit sketchy. You know, I take off and we're ripping around. And then the, uh, the trainer goes, righto, your airplane, hold the, hold, the, hold the joystick. And I'm going, oh, God, hang on a second here. So he just goes, just keep it level, keep the nose up. And I'm, I'm going, oh, God, I'm so stressed and I wasn't ready for this and I had, wasn't even mentally prepared. Anyway, I said, okay, my airplane took the controls back and then we, 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 we came into land and I thought, oh, okay, great. And then he took straight off again. I thought, oh, my God, we're back up. So we, we're flying along. He's your airplane. And I go, okay, right. And so all of a sudden it's on me and I'm, now I'm really sweating because I've sort of, it's just stressful. And he goes, right, you, you can turn now. So do a right hand turn. So oh, now I'm turning the plane, profusely sweating and wiping it away from my, from my eyes. And then we come down, he lands the airplane and go, okay, great. And then he takes off again. And I thought, you're joking. Does it again. Your airplane, I've got to hold it. i got to do the turn again. And he goes, right, you're going to land it. And he made me land this plane. I have never wow. flown a plane in my life. And he made me, he guided me down. He talked to me about the whole way. And he had his hand on his control. So he could, you know, like a, like a learner car or like a um, yeah. garbage truck. He could take control at any moment. But he had me come down, glide the airplane right down until about a couple of meters off the ground, he said, my airplane, he just touched it down. Oh, my goodness. What what a thrill. And that moment and that experience was so exhilarating that I have thought if I ever are of the means to be able to do this in my personal life, maybe get a little airplane, take flying lessons, it would be pretty, pretty thrilling. Uh, very, very cool. Very cool moment. Well, listeners will be uh, keeping their ears peeled for a future announcement from your Captain Oliver speaking from the cockpit. <laughs> I don't I don't think they have to worry. <laughs> I'd be sweating too much. <laughs> Where's your next flight, Oliver? Well, it looks like it's later next week. A mutual friend of ours uh, and I are planning on being at Oktoberfest in Munich at the end of next week. So the next flight is probably the next few flights because to get from Australia to Germany requires a couple and listeners would find this ridiculous, but I would probably get there on the Friday morning, I think, and leave on the Sunday and come back to Australia. <laughs> so I think it's, uh, it's a fairly rapid trip with a few beers and then straight back home. Ridiculous, I know. You are one of a kind. Is there any advice you'd offer other people that share your passion for aviation or about passion in general? On the aviation point, I would say it's an enormous business. It's an enormous industry and there is an incredible amount of different types with a lot of variety of roles that you can do in aviation. So if you're, you know, you've heard some of the things I've talked about, marketing, lawyer, and accountant, there are plenty of roles uh, in airlines and airports and and, and, and other uh, organizations within aviation. If you are um, 
if, if, you, if you like being out working outside and, and you love being up close and personal with planes, there is great ground operations, ramp, tug jobs. Uh, if you like uh, flying, you, there's, there's cabin crew, of course, there's pilots. There's, there's in aviation. So there's the, the, if you're passionate about aviation and you want to work in aviation, there's probably a role somewhere in there for you. And in terms of just ha- being passionate and deploying your passions, I think, I don't know what the quote was, but I, I heard it the other day about even if you don't have a passion, be a passionate person. And it sort of it goes to what you're saying at the top of this podcast, Matt, about you may you may not have an obsession with vintage motorcycles and want to tinker with them every weekend, and you might not have an obsession with anything, and so therefore you go, oh, I, don't, I don't have a passion. I don't have something that I want to do. I think it's totally fine. But you can still be a passionate person. You're sort of passionate about life, passionate about, you know, going for a walk on a Saturday morning in the crisp blue air and then getting a coffee at the end of it. You know, you can live a passionate life without necessarily deploying all of that to one particular to one particular topic or hobby. And I think I think living a passionate life would be a very good way to go. Oliver, thanks so much for joining my passion project podcast once again. Matt, it was an absolute privilege and I can't believe you had me for a second time. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe or share. I'd love if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you download your podcasts. And if you or someone you know has a passion worth sharing, be sure to get in touch at www.mypassionprojectpodcast.com.